Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings Week 5 DraftKings Picks and Preview by Position. You want to know about a position? Hit the description. There are time codes down there for that. You want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings? That's pretty easy. Hit the description. Get the Pat Mayo Experience Listener's League link. $15 to play. Three max entry. No rake. 5K to first. Fat flat payouts all the way down. You get at least double your money if you min cash. So you might as well play it. Instead of throwing away your money in the millionaire maker. I mean, you can't win a million dollars in this one. But you might be able to win some money. It's filling up very quickly. So please go do that now. Smash the like to the episode. Give me your favorite scrub play at any position this week in the comment section. And, of course, subscribe to Mayo media network the cheat sheet will be available up on dknation.com on friday morning and if you're looking for an optimizer you're looking for the tools to make your life easy simple game run the sims.com slash mayo to get yourself a discount on all of the premium tools where you can just make your own custom inputs on everything and then generate your lineups to have more success on DraftKings this week. Pete Overzet from the Pete Overzet YouTube. Where do I introduce you from? Is it the Pete Overzet YouTube channel or is it like 80 different things? <laughs> yeah, I forget. I think we were doing the, uh, what were we doing yesterday? I think the Swolecast and uh, Tuttle was hosting and he didn't know how to, I think he said, and follow Peter on Peter Overzet. So yeah, Peter Overzet uh, YouTube works. I, I got my website up, peteroverzet.com is a nice uh, hub there for everything as well. So uh, that, that works. Yeah, you need to have like the, the, the link tree link. And then it just brings you to like 45 different things you can click on. I do have that. I, it, mine is the, uh, do you remember the Yats? The, they're like the new hip version of the link trees that are basically a, an NFT token. So you own the emoji set and then that serves as your, basically your, your link tree profile. I can assure you, I didn't know that existed. <laughs> That's okay. You're off the hook on that one. Hey, I launched an NFT show. I don't understand what happens on it, but we have it on Mayo Media Network now, and it's live Mondays and Fridays. People can watch it at noon. I checked that out. It's uh, it's Skyhook and and Ty who else? It's a and, great show. Yeah, it's Sky and Tyler. They're just like, here's what's dropping today. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it is the Wild West. I've gotten further down the rabbit hole of NFTs here in the past like two weeks, and it is addicting. But we got to keep our eyes on the prize here, Matt Pat, uh, Pat Mayo, and that is winning uh, a lot of money on DraftKings this week. Ah, you thought you were talking to my alter ego, Matt Payo. He's a tricky fellow. He's a trickster. <laughs> So watch out for him. He doesn't win money on DraftKings. I've been doing pretty well so far this season. I credit Run the Sims for that. I've had a few bad weeks have yet to be wiped out and then two like really, really good weeks where I essentially just made five lineups and you know avoided playing, just basically avoided like dumping them all into like the Millie Maker and then the Slant. And I was like, no, I'll, I'll play them in the Millie Maker because I only did five. And then I'll just pick like these really small $100 contests, $50 contests, $150 contests. And while they're not optimal lineups by any means, they're winning money in these small contests. So I feel like I've, I've hit my stride in terms of tournament selection. I credit our buddy Joe Holka for teaching me that. Yeah, uh, Joe has been very good at preaching contest selection. And I think once you... People get the FOMO of like, well, what if I have this lineup and it goes off and I don't have it in every contest? And it's just like, well, you can't have it in every contest because you'll go broke doing that. So once you free yourself from that FOMO and just know if you get a win, you get a win, uh, that's the way to go. I had, uh, I was playing basically all the spies, the $100 single entries, and I had one that min cash in a 700 person field spy that wouldn't have cashed in any of the other 
bigger spies. So contest selection matters on your ROI for sure. So let's see if we can try to, at the end of the show, we'll do our shitter lineup. Pete, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this concept, but we are going to try to fill out the lineup of the guy on the can, making it at 12.50 p.m. on Sunday. Love it. I so, love it. And, and you know what? The last three weeks, it's like crushed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, sometimes the shitter guys know what they're doing. Well, it's not that the shitter guy doesn't know what he's <laughs> doing. It's that he only knows the most obvious things to do. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's based, the shitter guy is like, listen to the podcast all week. He hasn't run any optimals himself, but he has heard the best plays mentioned multiple times. Yeah. So like when you hear like the, the sleeper of the week, like the, I think last week it was Nick Westbrook. Ikena was the guy that oh, everyone yeah. just played and I played him too. It seemed like a really nice spot. turns out Josh Reynolds was the guy that, I mean, he probably didn't even want to play Josh Reynolds, but he was better than Westbrook Ikena. But that, that's just the name that popped up. It's like, oh, this guy's super cheap. I'm going to throw him in as my salary saver. Yep. That's uh, yeah. You know, the, I always feel like those chalky cheap wide receivers always feel like a trap, always feel like a trap. Although this week, I feel like we have a, a decent amount of them. I mean, the first week we had all the cheap rookie wide receivers at three K and that was really nice to have those options. And then we went through a drought where there's just like, who are we playing under four K it's so barren uh, this week. I think we have a few options down here. So maybe ownership won't get as concentrated. Let's go to the running backs on the main slate, the millionaire maker slate that does not involve the Jets-Falcons game, which is early on Sunday in London, England. So it's a smaller slate than we've had so far this year and a slate that we'll probably get used to once bye weeks start to come around. I do want to let you know two things. One, if you're hungover, try Beam. Uh, they sponsor the audio version of this podcast, but I had some like last night. I drank like a bottle of wine. I feel great this morning. So Beam, if you just go to their site, I think it's I think it's Beam.com. Uh, you can listen to it on the audio version and the ad, but like they will send you free stuff. You just put in your email. You don't have to pay for anything. So Beam Hydration, I think. You just Google that. Go there. Tell them, you know, M-A-Y-O, Mayo sent you, and then you get your free stuff with just an email. Highly recommended if you like to drink late at night and have to get up early in the morning. Two, uh, prizepicks.com, code M-M-N-N-F-L. That's a new code uh, for first-time depositors for the Thursday evening game for the Rams and Seahawks. Uh, you get a risk-free bet for up to $100 if you deposit. So check that out, NFL, M-M-N-N-F-L. More, on the, more in the description on that. Running backs, Derrick Henry is the most expensive Christian McCaffrey's on here too. Christian McCaffrey is uh, 8,700 bucks. He might play this week, Pete. Then you got Cook and Kamara. Cook may not play. Aaron Jones is on the injury report. So does this just lead to everyone playing Derrick Henry again? I think so. Yeah. I mean, because of the Dalvin Cook uncertainty, because people are, are frustrated with Alvin Kamara not catching passes and the value opening up cheap, we have Leonard Fournette at 5,200, salary saver Damian Williams opening up at 5,600. If you want to go all the way down to Samaje Pirine at 4,000, you can. So I think that's going to funnel to a studs and duds approach. And because Derrick Henry projects as the best running back uh, of these top end options, I think he's going to be extremely popular. I think we'll see him well over 25% in most contests and maybe even 30% in smaller field stuff. Would there be one of those guys that you would switch to? Like, let's say all of a sudden McCaffrey is active against the Eagles on Sunday. Would the move just to be to take every share you have of Derrick Henry and play Christian McCaffrey and hope that works out? Yeah, I, for me, yes, I, I would be making moves like that just because uh, I'm a I'm a full blown GPP bro now. You know, I, I hang out, talk with Michael Leone about DFS all week, and so he's radicalized me into a very contrarian player. So there's no chance I'm eating this Derrick Henry chalk, and I would be pretty excited 
to have Christian McCaffrey open up. And the later in the week it opens up, the less ownership he'll get. We just see the kind of momentum on stuff here. And the, the tighter the window, the less likely people are to react and want to go and swap out their Derrick Henry lineups by that point. How do you think that will affect Chuba Hubbard, who comes in at, what is he, $6,000 against Eagles? Not a bad matchup, but I think this, like, cloud, and he's in this, like, dead price range, which I would expect to go under own based on what you said earlier with the studs and duds approach. It just feels like no one will use Chuba Hubbard, even if McCaffrey is out at this point. Like, people will wait to see what happens with Cook in order to play Madison, but with Hubbard, now we're in a different situation. Yeah, I agree. I don't think uh, I don't think people are going to play Chuba even if CMC is out. I think everyone uh, kind of cooled on Chuba because Rodney Smith was getting a ton of the pass work. He had five catches for 48 yards, and then Royce Freeman stole a couple of carries. And it was like you know last year when we had Mike Davis fill in, he was getting you know the majority of the work, and then there was a little bit. Uh, that he was losing to some, you know, random Curtis Samuel type carries. But now if, if Chuba's getting squeezed by both Royce Freeman on touches and Rodney Smith in the past game, he just becomes a, a really unattractive play at that price tag. Well, the thing is, I think a lot of that had to be game flow dependent with Smith getting in there and they were just like, Hey, we can only pass from here on out. We're going to put in our premier pass catcher. So I think that skews it a little bit. I wouldn't expect the Panthers to be, I mean, maybe they will be down by you know, 20 points at some point in this game and only have to pass. I wouldn't project that out. And if you just look at the like neutral game situations or the Panthers leading in those contests, he was actually on the field all the time. So I think that the pass catching would have gone to him in a neutral situation. They wouldn't just be putting in Rodney Smith because then they'd be tipping their hand to what they're doing. So I think that Hubbard is actually kind of a little, as a just full-blown contrarian play here, I do think that he could see upwards of 80% of the uh, 80% of the snaps. He could see over 80% of the targets out of the backfield and uh, over 80% of the goal line touches. Royce Freeman didn't do enough in that game to get involved to really worry me. It's just, the, it's the entire McCaffrey thing. So I, I think that as favorites in this game, he's far better positioned to be used this week. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with that take. Uh, I I uh, I think he will go really under owned. I'm thinking probably sub five percent down in that in that range. And you know, people are still you know happy to play Kareem Hunt at 5800, Damian Williams at 5600. Uh, if you want to go up to Antonio Gibson, so I think ownership is going to pull away from him in a lot of spots. So yeah, uh, I like your GPP bro play there. We'll see that. And maybe just the full-on GPP bro play is just a different lineup construction. Because if you don't play Derrick Henry, it feels like you're away from the chalk to begin with. And that leaves you with Eckler, Berkeley, Zeke, Najee Harris, maybe Nick Chubb in a rebound spot. But they came out on Thursday that Baker Mayfield is still dealing with this shoulder injury. And you know, eventually he might need surgery. Like Since he took that hit against the Texans, he's been god-awful. And I feel like his lack of ability to throw the ball is really hurting Nick Chubb and the lanes that he can potentially get open. But we know with Chubb is the moment he has depressed ownership, it's a lot like Derrick Henry. Just play him because the guy can just break 80, one tackle and go 80 yards and win you the week. Yeah, no, I I'm on board with that. And that that's the kind of thing too. We're just always looking for the big plays at, at low ownership. You know, when you look at the top end this week, as far as kind of ceiling projections, most of these guys are catching a fair amount of ownership. So looking for those boom bust profiles is, is definitely the way I'm thinking uh, in terms of GPP lineups. Yeah. Eckler and Barkley are going to be the guys who are owned, right? 
Yeah, I think uh, Barkley, I'm seeing around 14 to 15%. Uh, Najee is going to be popular as well. He just continues to see a nice uh, workload, so I can see that. Eckler might get lost in the shuffle a little bit just because he's priced up, but I do think coming off of that, Monday night football explosion that he will be front of mind for people. But there's a lot of other plays in this, in this range where I think ownership might be spread out decently. Uh, Deandre Swift, I think too, sometimes people view him as kind of an arbitrage Austin Eckler and you can play him for what $1,500 cheaper too. So I'm not, I'm not sure if Eckler is going to get steamed too hard. I think he might just be a solid play at his ownership. Yeah, I mean, I like Swift a lot. Is there any optimizer in the world? I'll, I'll reveal behind the scenes at runthesims.com right now, which you can go subscribe to, slash mayo, to get that discount. But the optimizer loves DeAndre Swift every single week, and I play him every single week, and it works half the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for DeAndre Swift, and I also kind of like this game as being a potential kind of sneaky shootout game here it does have the uh the over i believe continues to creep up it's up to a 49 here minnesota seems to play just super fast games and um swift uh just has such a nice role in the past game hawkinson's banged up he didn't practice yesterday they're they're basically barren at wide receiver i'm sorry quintus cephas so uh, i think this sets up nicely for deandre swift I can see it too. James Robinson is right there at $6,000. If Carlos Hyde is inactive again, and who knows what's going on with that team, but it does seem like Robinson's going to get 90% of the workload. You could cobble together. Like if you want to pay up at receiver this week, it's really easy to do. And you wouldn't even have to delve into the Samaj P. Ryan level or the Damian Williams level or the Leonard Fournette level. You could stick in this range and be like Swift, Robinson, I mean, just make those two guys your running backs. That's not, it's not ideal, but it's also not horrible at the same time. Yeah. Robinson is interesting. I'm seeing him right now at around 17 to 18% ownership, which is getting a little rich for my taste, but things have definitely opened up for him. Uh, Carlos Hyde was back practicing. So I'll be curious to see if he is a healthy scratch again or not. That really opened things up for James Robinson. I'd just be a little, uh, you know, pumping the brakes. If Carlos Hyde is active, you never know what a volatile urban Meyer is going to do, whether he's at the bar or, you know, drawing up run plays. So that that's going to be something I'm paying attention to. Well, I think it's going to be difficult for all these guys to carry so much ownership, because if you, we, we think that like Eckler and Barkley and maybe even Zeke can get in or Harris, like three of those guys can get to double digits. Derrick Henry is going to be like 25% owned. There's enough people who will be contrarian and play Kamara or Cook or Jones or McCaffrey. I mean, if McCaffrey's back, this kind of throws it off. And we know that these cheap guys are going to get super-duper ownership. That I do feel like maybe there's an over-projection of this mid-six, like low sixes, high fives. It, it seems dead to me. Yeah, I'm with you. Something something has to give. I do, I do think you'll see two kind of similar constructions. Like we said, the studs and duds where you go Derrick Henry with one of the salary savers, Leonard Fournette, Damian Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, or you go in the mid range and you're playing two of Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Austin Eckler, James Robinson. Like I do think those constructions will be the most popular because there's different mix and matches with those constructions. Maybe Derrick Henry is the only guy that ends up over 25% and everyone else is just kind of in a, in the same range of, I don't know, 10 to 20%. With the way that your lineups are looking already, do you think it's going to be the Derrick Henry with the two cheap guys? Or do you think it's like two mid-tier guys with a cheap guy? 
Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I, I pretty much scratch uh, Derek Henry off my tournament list uh, when his ownership is like this. So I personally will not have any of him at this price in this ownership. Uh, but I definitely am interested in whichever of the cheap guys is the least popular. I'm guessing it's going to be Damian Williams uh, just because he's the most expensive. I think Fournette will be more popular. And if you're really trying to punt it off, I mean, going down to 4,000 with Pirine, who I think people always have in in their head as a great replacement for Mixon. He went off in uh, in place of Mixon last year at the end of the season and had a monster game. So I could see him getting steam. I, I think Damian Williams might be the guy that comes in around 10% that on another week without a Fournette or P Ryan could potentially be like a 20% owned, you know, salary relieved kind of guy. Is there one, are you just going to do it purely based on what the ownership is going to tell you? Or do you actually do have a prep? Like the $4,000 for P Ryan's like the, it's so much, it's so many savings, even off of Damian Williams. It's really hard to pass on. I know I, I luckily I, I am, I am a liberated DFS player now where I am basically just looking at the numbers, which it does. It means I don't have as many hot takes, but I, I basically could just set my lineups, removing the names and just looking at value, the ceiling projection, the ownership projection and how often they're popping in the Sims. I love pulling that up on run the Sims. You can run the, the main slate. It shows you with what frequency they're appearing in the winning lineup. And then I just like to compare, okay, the Sim data is saying he's appearing 20% of the time and the ownership only has him at 10%. This seems like a good leverage spot for me. So those are kind of just the simple numbers I'm looking at. Well, right now, uh, between those three guys, P. Ryan Fournette and Damian Williams, it's Leonard Fournette who pops the most in optimal lineups. But Gio Bernard was back at practice. Are we worried that everything that we saw against New England and how he was used, this is still the Bucks' backfield. This, this flips week to week that maybe that's a giant trap. I, I think it is a trap, especially with the the Gio Bernard. I mean, he was, before he got hurt, he had that game where they were passing a lot more. And didn't Gio have, he had 10 plus targets in one of those games. So this backfield, I think is incredibly volatile. We've seen Bruce Arians, you know, uh, kind of shake things up a lot. I do agree on paper, it shapes up nicely for, for Fournette. But when you consider how kind of weird that game was against the Patriots, like they could not get anything going through the air. Brady was just having a really rough game. This is like such a get right spot for them. Uh, so you include Brady being able to throw the ball more and Gio Bernard coming back. It's a it's a gnaw wave for me at Leonard Fournette at that ownership. And there are two guys right there. I mean, Damian Williams is 56. I probably prefer Damian Williams. I actually think I prefer P. Ryan over all of those cheap guys. He would be the cheap guy that I go to. And if he can stay below 20%, I feel like that's a big win for us for the amount of money that we can save. Uh, just so rarely these days do we see a $4,000 running back that's actually viable. It's not like it was two years ago where it's like, oh yeah, we have three of them this week. Which of the, the duds who walked into a situation do we want to play? It's not like that. We the, These quote-unquote free square plays just don't appear that much although I guess there is a cost to taking the four thousand dollar running back because then you know it's one fewer running back slot you can use to play one of the really awesome guys the range that I like though because uh, Damian Williams and Leonard Fournette are going to soak up you know at 56 and 52 so much attention there Damian Harris is one of my single favorite plays on the slate at $5,500 I'm going to be using a ton of Damian Harris and then you have the Alexander Madison curveball if Delvin Cook is out. He's also at 55. You can play those two guys and save all the money if you wanted to. 
Yeah, uh, I don't mind the Damian Harris call at all. I mean, basically every running back behind him continues to, you know, have knocks against them. Ramondre Stevenson, who I still hold out the most hope of having kind of late season upside, was a late scratch. J.J. Taylor uh, fumbled the ball. Brandon Bolden is just a journeyman pass catcher who's never going to kind of command more work. So things set up really nicely for Damian Harris. I played Zach Moss at a similar price against the Texans last week at, at low ownership. And I like that. Like if you think, you know, the Patriots win big, which Vegas projects them to do so. And the Patriots want to run the ball a ton because they don't want Mac Jones being exposed and making too many mistakes. Then yeah, everything lines up for Damian Harris. I mean, the only time it goes South is if it's a closer game and he's not on the field in passing situations, but that's not really a risk at this game script and ownership. And even like last week, I found it really interesting. Like Bolden ends up with all of the catches, but Damian Harris ran more routes. He ran 19 routes to Bolden's 11. He was out there trying to catch passes. They just weren't throwing to him, but that was at least enough for me to look at it and be like, huh, it's encouraging to see that at least they're letting him run out there to go do things rather than be like the old school, like LeGarrette Blunt type Patriots running back where if he's on the field, it's a run play. And that's all we know. It seems like they're setting it up for Harris to be more involved in the passing game at some point. Yeah, no, I, I think so. There have, there were reports too. Some of the Patriots beat reporters were talking about how the team just like doesn't trust him in pass protection and stuff right now, but the team also is pretty fed up with some of these other options, clearly. So something has to give there. And I think at that price tag and the fact that he's not going to be popular, it's just such a nice spot because Bill Belichick will have no problem running the ball with Damian Harris 25 times if he gets the game. As most listeners of the Pat Mayo experience can attest, then I'm kind of a pretentious jerk. But that applies to my real life too, just very quietly, not as boisterous as I am on this show because I'd rather be caught dead than wearing my favorite pair of sweatpants outside the house. And why is it that clothes that are the most comfortable are the most unattractive? Fortunately, I got a solution for that. That's why you got to check out Public Rec. They make elevated athleisure wear in multi-dimensional sizes because they believe that comfort starts with a better fit. And I can attest to this, I received my public rec pants in the mail the other day, just started wearing them outside. And no one can tell the difference, and they are completely comfortable. They look like real pants, not jogging pants. They are absolutely excellent. Highly recommend that you go to Public Rec and check this out. Their best-selling all-day, everyday pant is now available in over 40 different sizing combinations that can fit men anywhere from 5'8", that's me, to nearly 7 feet tall. That's not me, but that could be you. A better fit is the secret to making these comfortable pants look good. Now, your favorite lounge pants can also be your go-tos for work, happy hour, the gym, wherever it is. After a year at home, they're the pants that you need. Public Rec spent years engineering the perfect blend of softness, stretch, and durability. It's all the performance benefits you love with the added style for more formal occasions. They also have zipper pockets, so no more having your phone or wallet fall out of your pants when you sit down. Problem for me, by the way. Zipper pants, let's go. They come in nine different colors, one for each day of the week, and then some, because as you may know, checking out the Gregorian calendar, there are only seven days in the week. And that way you don't have to double up on pants either. Nine different colors match any combination you want with your shoes, hat, whatever it may be. Public Rec rarely discounts, but right now they have an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. Go to publicrec.com and use promo code MAYO, M-A-Y-O, to receive 10% off. That's publicrec, R-E-C, dot com, and use our promo code MAYO 
for 10% off. Quarter, or sorry, wide receivers. I was looking at quarterbacks on my sheet. Wide receivers for the week, Devontae Adams is the most expensive at $8,200. You got Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, and Debo Samuel. Those are the above $7,000 receivers. We'll talk about stacks in a little bit right now in this receiver section. I just want to talk about potential one-off plays. If you were to go to the top here and pay up, because you can pay up even outside of a stack at receiver this week if you want to based on the running back options that we talked about do you have a preference of any of these guys and why is it justin jefferson uh i love justin jefferson you do not have to twist my arm on him i feel like every week it's the exact same dynamic where you know there's this group of 10 you know of the elite wide receivers who have the massive ceiling and they all get you know 10 percent plus of ownership and then justin jefferson's just always a tick below that because he's always priced up a bit you have kind of adam thielen pulling a little bit away and people just end up liking like on a slate like this are you going to play justin jefferson for 200 more than dj moore who just came off of a monster game no the field is going to play DJ Moore. Are you going to play Justin Jefferson or go down cheap to CD lamb who is, you know, $1,500 cheaper. People are going to play CD lamb. So Justin Jefferson always checks those boxes for me of like slightly paying up to be contrarian. So I I love Justin Jefferson. We talked about Deandre Swift. You want to get your mini correlations going? How about a little Justin Jefferson, Deandre Swift? That could work. Or could you do the mini correlation of Samaj P Ryan and Devante Adams? Yeah. For sure. And uh, I think that'll be interesting too. I wonder, I wonder how many people are going to try to jam both Derrick Henry and Devonte Adams. I assume with the value, if you do, do go P Ryan, that that might be a popular mini correlation there just because it, it fits so perfectly. It does. I don't know how many regular people are just playing mini correlations of beyond the normal stacks that you see. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I'm in my world of, uh, you know, where it's uh, I need my lineups to be so incredibly correlated to be able to sleep at night. Uh, but yes, I, I agree that not everyone is worried about their secondary running back wide receiver correlation. Uh, Debo is 7,100. It looks like we're, do, do we know that we're getting Trey Lance or does Jimmy still have a chance to play? Because I can't figure this out. I know. I, I I was writing the uh, Fantasy Life newsletter this morning, and I went to write, you know, Trey Lance starting, and then I saw a quote where Jimmy is like, he might try to play through it. It, it seems very unlikely that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play, but yeah, I think we need to leave the, the candle on for Jimmy because... I think Jimmy probably knows shit. If I don't play this week, Trey Lance is going to run away with this job. Uh, But yeah, I'm working under that assumption that Lance is playing. And I think Debo, man, he just continues to get priced up. We do see George Kittle's role kind of growing. He had a 23% target share last week. I still think Brandon Ayuk is going to catch on at some point. Uh, But yeah, Debo Samuel is kind of the like baby version of Cooper Cup where it's like his production just keeps delivering and yet his price and ownership goes up. And that's kind of a dangerous game for me to play, but it's hard to deny how well he's playing. So I've played him every week when possible, and it's really working out so far. I just kind of want to ride this train until I don't have to get off. I worry about Lance, though. Like, can I play Debo without Lance, I guess is my question, because it feels like they correlate so similarly, or are we just playing Trey Lance because of the rushing? And maybe we don't get that this week. So we're like week one with Justin Fields as a full-time starter, but Debo can still go off because he's running the right routes for Trey Lance too. It's almost like the Justin Fields, like route tree right now, of the passes that he can complete within five yards or over 50 yards. Those are the two passes. 
Yeah, I think I think where I'm at right now is giving Trey Lance the kind of Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts treatment where I'm probably going to just single stack and not force a double stack with him. I do think he's a talented enough player that by the end of the season, he could be a double stack type quarterback where he's supporting two guys, kind of like we've seen Lamar Jackson evolve into here this year. So uh, I'm probably skinny stacking with one of Kittle, Ayuk, or Debo. Uh, but because that is one of the better games on the slate, I believe last I checked, it has the highest over under, uh, I, I don't mind loading up on that game. And, uh, maybe, maybe that's the real contrarian large field tournament move to double stack Lance. Yeah. I don't know if I can get there with that. I might just want to play <laughs> Debo and try to figure it out from there below that. Yeah. You, you mentioned Brady. It's a nice spot against the, or against the dolphins to really let loose and go through the air. If you were to double stack Brady. For me, I think it would be Godwin and Brait if Gronk doesn't go. Yeah, I I like that call. I think it, that's how you definitely probably want to attack the box where you you pick one of Godwin or Evans, and then you pick one of Antonio Brown or Brait as your other double stack partner just to make sure you're saving money and just knowing that Brady spreads the ball around so much in games where they're really rolling. So yeah, the Brait ownership looks like it'll be in check. I think 3,300 is nice for him. Very nice value there. And I think Antonio Brown is solid as well at 5,200. He was in the air yards uh, by low model this week, kind of pointing to the volume he's been getting, but not converting on. So yeah, I like both those calls. Yeah. Byron Jones is dealing with a Achilles injury right now. There's no word if he goes or not, then you just have Xavier Howard out there and all of a sudden it's open season on the Dolphin secondary. Whereas before with the two solid guys on the outside, you could go between the hashes, just like run up the middle with all these routes. And Antonio Brown runs more of those routes than Mike Evans does. So I'd probably throw Mike Evans out of the mix this week. Assume that Howard's going to be on him. Just try to mix and match the other three guys, but it'd be Godwin who'd be up there for me as one-offs below $6,000. Like we also have like Amare's down here. He's a bit banged up. I don't think that anyone can play Brendan Cooks with Davis Mills at quarterback. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but that just seems crazy. CD Lamb is back down to $6,200. Like all these guys who were good coming off a bad week. Do you have any faith that one of these guys rebounds? Um, you know, I, this is no, this is not going to be a popular take after what he did to everyone last week, but no one is going to want to play Odell Beckham this week. I mean, he's probably going to be sub 5%. Uh, he's popping in the Sims relative to ownership. He was in the air yards by low model. Uh, he's even a little priced up from where he was last week. So I, I, I know it's so gross, but he was so close to having a big day. Baker missed him on a few plays. So I, I kind of like going back to Odell Beckham. Am I a sicko for wanting to do that? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, I get it. Oh boy. But uh, like, what? <laughs> okay. I, I am a sicko. <laughs> but like, I, I was thinking about playing Brennan cook. So like, well, what, what are we doing here? I, okay. How about this? AJ Brown might play. He's back at practice yeah. on a limited basis. Why not just play him at 6,500 bucks and hope that he's healthy. Don't play Derrick Henry, play AJ Brown, save all the ownership. And hopefully it just goes that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind that call at all because not only I think you're getting almost double leverage there. One, you're getting an ownership discount on AJ Brown because no one ever likes to play guys returning from injury. We see this play out over and over. People want a prove it week from these guys. So they go under own and then you're getting also the leverage on the Derrick Henry ownership. He's going to be the highest owned guy on the slate. So now you're kind of crowbarring that with A.J. Brown, if A.J. Brown is the one to get the two touchdowns and you have him at 5% and Derrick Henry flops and 30% of the field's lineups, I mean, you're extremely cooking at that point. What do you make of the Packers' defense? 
the Packers defense just in a vacuum or are there prices? You know, it just in a vacuum. Cause I was looking at all of the Bengals guys and I was just, yeah. try, I was just replaying in my mind who the Packers have played this season and how they've been attacked. They haven't really played anyone good offensively yet. I think they could be had like big time. That game could be pure shootout. Yeah. Uh, that game is interesting. Uh, I was talking about this with Tuttle and Sammy Reed on the Swolecast yesterday where it's like, it's a game where it projects to be a, a slower pace game. The Packers have been running a decent amount. The Bengals have been running a ton, and yet it has a higher over-under. It's up to 49 last I checked. And then on top of that, if you have Mixon out, you know, the team had been clearly wanting to rely on him. But if you have Mixon out, you have T. Higgins returning. They've been slowly ramping up Joe Burrow. Could this be a game where we see a ton more pass attempts? I like the Packers D in this spot. I think they have, uh, according to... Um, Brandon Thorne, a, a nice mismatch here on the Bengals O line, which has been kind of weak. So it could be one of those games where the Bengals pass game gets there in garbage time, all while the Packers are generating lots of sacks and turnovers uh, because of that mismatch. I don't trust the pass rush for the Packers whatsoever. Like I, <laughs> it just feels like they can't get to the quarterback. They were better last yeah. week, but I mean, Pittsburgh is terrible. Yeah, and especially if Joe Burrow, I mean, we've seen, I, I've been more and more impressed with Joe Burrow as the season has gone along. It feels like he's getting his sea legs a bit. Uh, he's been connecting with uh, Jamar Chase plenty. Tyler Boyd is a nice safety blanket. Even CJ Uzoma, the, the tight end, has been getting involved. And then you get T. Higgins back, who I still think has the potential to be the best wide receiver in this offense. Uh, I, I get excited about the Bengals. So that that's the interesting part with both the Steelers offense this week with the Bengals offense. And I'll have a full update in the Mayo media newsletter that comes out. Uh, I have been actually been pushing it to Saturday mornings because we just have a bit more information. I don't feel like being up at like midnight on Friday, writing a newsletter. So it'll have all of the DraftKings notes, the player mismatches, but it'll have the full injury report too and how that relates. So that's free to subscribe to that's down in the description. Just get sent to your email. It's easy stuff. And then on Monday, you get or Sunday night, you get all the snap shares for the running backs and everything like that. So I highly recommend that you go uh, subscribe to that right now. I'll wait. Thank you. See that easy. Three <laughs> seconds. Not bad, but if Claypool is out again, like Deontay Johnson's a really nice play. I'm not touching Juju, but T Higgins might not play. And then it becomes, it feels like it becomes pretty easy that you can go like Burrow, Chase, Boyd, bring it back with Adams or Jones. And that way you get off the P Ryan shock at the same time. I, that this doesn't feel like the Bengal side passing side of that game because people will use so much P Ryan. It's going to be very popular. Yeah, I, I love that. The You know, we always talk about that idea of flipping the build, um, you know, and we talked about it with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. If everyone's paying up for Derrick Henry, what happens if you pay up for A.J. Brown? Like you said, this game sets up for the perfect kind of flipping the build because Aaron Jones, we didn't mention him with the running backs. To me, he looks like one of the best running back GPP plays. I think he, we all know he has a massive ceiling. I see him around 5% right now. So if you go up to Aaron Jones and down to the Bengals passing game instead of up to Devontae Adams and down to Pirine, you probably have a pretty unique lineup and a similar ceiling. Oh, let's say breaking news. Matt Rule says he's, quote, hopeful Christian McCaffrey, hamstring, can play in week five against the Eagles. That that will be something to monitor the entire week, I think, because that the, the worst part is, is he's going to be active and then I'm going to play him. It's like, oh, he played three snaps. Fantastic news. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That is that is crazy because it seemed like it was going to be at least a couple of weeks. And even the reports about him, you know, testing things out at practice yesterday, I thought it was 
just very <laughs> hypothetical and that he would still for sure be out this week. So yeah, this is uh it's definitely worthy of the breaking news. Well, let's see if we can find some cheap receivers. We talked cheap running backs. Those seem very obvious. Are there obvious cheap receivers here? Cause I mean, you're on the show, so we got to talk about Chenault, 4,800 bucks, no DJ Chark. Is this the week? Uh, I think it might be the week. I mean, his volume, his target share, it's really going up. I mean, it wasn't going to happen without this injury based on those first few weeks, but things do seem to be breaking right in his favor. Uh, I think he'll be decently popular, but not super, super chalky. I, I do like him in this game. I wonder if people, we go back to the mini correlations. I wonder if we'll see a lot of Derrick Henry with LaVisca Chanel type teams. Um, you know, going down here, I, I, we do need to keep tabs on the giants wide receiver situation. If Sterling Shepard is out again, I mean, Kadarius Tony at 4,000 is pretty interesting. You mentioned, um, uh, we mentioned Josh Reynolds earlier. He's at 3,300. He had a decent role last week with those other guys out. Curtis Samuel, for some reason, DraftKings didn't price him up. He was 3,000 last week, had a decent showing in his return. He's 3,000 again this week. He looks like a pretty nice value down there. So yeah, there's some options here in the mid-range. And then even a little higher up, a guy we haven't mentioned, who I think is going to get pretty popular for being too cheap, is Jacoby Myers at 5,600. That's not like the uber cheap, but relative to his role, he's projecting it as, as a super nice value. I, I could see him as a nice value, but that feels like more like a cash value to me like what, what are we really getting yeah. i mean is maybe this is finally the week he scores two touchdowns and i'm I have egg on my face but not playing jacoby myers and gpps has really worked out for me yeah i mean it, he he does look like he's going to be popular i think it's way more of a, a of a cash game bro play and we've already i mean you've already made your allegiances clear on these patriots plays you want you want the damian harrison as a gpp bro I, i'm on it with that call why not john ross if uh, slayton is out too uh, I don't, I don't mind that. Yeah. I think, I think John Ross is probably the more one for one fill in for Slayton. And then Tony probably gets way more work, uh, if Shepard is out. So depending on how, how those inactives shake out, I think, I think John Ross is a, is a decent flyer. I kept playing like KJ Hamler early in the season as a one-off, just trying to get that, uh, that big spiked week play. And I think John Ross kind of qualifies there as well. I think that he does. And you can get behind the Dallas defense. You'd have to assume that if Diggs is out there, see, I assumed incorrectly last week that Diggs would be all over DJ Moore. He was not, he was all over Robbie Anderson, but it's gotta be Kenny Galladay that, that, that Diggs shadows this week. Yeah, you would, you would have to think that, uh, I, I like this game. Obviously, I'm, I'm curious to see. I think people will want to play it much more through the Cowboys side. And then I'm wondering who is going to be the super popular bring back. It might be Evan Ingram because that stack is just so clean because CD Lamb and Amari are cheap. So you double stack Dak and you bring it back with Evan Ingram at 3,200, bada bang, bada boom. So maybe getting to a Kenny Galladay, uh, a John Ross, a Kadarius Tony is kind of the way to actually get unique. Yeah, the in terms of just overall ceiling projections, the one who comes out the best, actually the two, and you'd really have to have a lot of stones to play either of these guys. One is actually on the Patriots. It's Aguilar instead of Jacoby Myers. I'm not really buying that one. However, Rager against the Panthers. Bad matchup, but I, we, we saw the unrealized air yards come through for Devonta Smith last week. Like, Rager gets his opportunities every week. Maybe he's just no good, and the computer doesn't know that, but... If he does hit on two of those, all of a sudden he's the guy who's breaking the slate. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I, I I like Rager. I like his profile for GPPs. The buzz on Devonta Smith 
is building. I'm seeing lots of cutups of him running routes on Twitter. People are very quickly starting to fall in love with Devonta Smith and forgetting about Jalen Rager. So yeah, I, I like that call a lot. And I like that game a lot as well. We mentioned how some of those Panthers other than DJ Moore are probably going to go overlooked. So I think there's lots of ways to attack that game. Well, it's interesting too, because when you watch all these rookie receivers and like, I'm trying to watch like nine games at once. So if like, there's a guy who's consistently popping out to you being like, huh, guy's really good because you, you see chase all the time then you see devonta smith he's so fast i actually think that jalen waddle is the most terrifying of these rookie receivers like they have no one to utilize him properly but they're just giving him the ball in the worst situations and it feels like he makes the first three guys miss every single time yeah i mean the the pros are jacoby Brissett clearly loves jalen waddle he keeps peppering him with targets the cons are this offense feels so dysfunctional and inept right now um but yeah i i like you know playing one of a waddle parker gasecki you know they're not a team i want to load up on i don't want to double stack they are more kind of like one-off mini correlation guys for me but yeah i mean i agree with you waddle is he's a scary guy to play this entire dolphins offense is scary to play right now yeah i'm trying to find out where is it i, I meant to go look this up earlier but i'll do it as we you know, go on the show see if i can find it Just pull it up super easily here it was the detroit receivers <laughs> Uh, and who we actually might want to play. It's Raymond who keeps running all those routes as well. I'm on Brown ran. How many? He was out there. He had 72 air yards last week. I mean, he's super cheap as well. He's in the 3K. No one's going to play him. Yeah. Um. I, look, you're never going to get any pushback on me if you're playing a low-owned cheap guy. Like if there's some kind of narrative, I mean, we just want to stay away from the chalky cheap guys because their path to failure is so great. So, you know, don't play Nick Westbrook Keen if he's going to be 20%, just play John Ross because their likelihood of, you know, being a, a slate winner for you is pretty similar. And one is going to come in at 2% and the other is going to come in at 20. Yeah. When it comes to hydration, there's one product that professional athletes just can't get enough of. Elevate hydration from Beam. I'm talking about racing legend Danica Patrick, PGA Tour winner Billy Horschel. They swear by elevated hydration because when you're not hydrated, well, we know the feelings from headaches to fatigue. You simply don't feel your best. Elevate gives your body the electrolytes it's craving thanks to a supercharged stack of electrolytes like coconut water and pink Himalayan. Himalayan. Like coconut water and pink Himalayan sea salt sourced entirely from nature. Plus, they make your water taste amazing. I have been using Beam, to be perfectly honest with you, because I enjoy a nice wine from time to time uh, to get rid of my hangovers in the morning. I just pound some Beam before I go to bed with my water and then have some more when I wake up. I don't feel as hungover. And that is a huge win for Pat Mayo when you do so many shows in the morning. You want a nice, I wouldn't say it's a hangover cure. You want your headaches to kind of subside in the mornings? Beam is where you want to be. Elevate comes in three flavors for specific needs. There's Elevate Balance, made with pre-probiotics for digestive balance. Elevate Energy, made with caffeine for sustained energy. And Elevate Recovery, that's me, made with collagen peptides and branched-chain amino acids for tired muscles and joints. So here it is. Our listeners, the listeners of the show right now, can get a free Elevate sample pack by going to beamorganics.com slash mayo. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash mayo to get your free sample pack. Stay hydrated, y'all. And it comes with the Pat Mayo personal endorsement of 
better energy in the morning after wine. All right, let's move to tight ends. Who's the tight end that we're playing? Bray? Bray, I like Bray. I actually think this is an awesome week for tight end because the previous weeks we've really had only like one cheap option last week. It was Will Disley. I'm kind of always like, where, where's the value this week? I'm seeing four or five guys that present value. You mentioned Bray. We mentioned Ingram. I think Tyler Conklin at 3,500 is interesting. And I then, think Ferkser. Oh yeah. But oh, you, go ahead. J- just say the name, say the name that we're all playing. Uh-oh. I don't, I don't know the name that we're all playing. We're all playing. I, we're playing Ricky. We're playing Ricky Seals Jones at 2,500 bucks. I was about to mention him. He does look like the one of the best values there. Yeah, he he is the punt tight end uh, for all the cash game guys out there. I think he's pretty interesting. I'll be curious to see where his ownership comes in, but 2,500 is way too cheap. It's way too cheap. No Logan Thomas. Brown is out of that offense. Yes, Samuel's back, but he's not 100%. Even Cam Sims is hurt. And right now, they have, when they lose the most important part of their offensive line. Like Heineke is just going to be running for his life against this team. And it's not like they're going to ask Ricky Seals Jones to block. He's just going to be running short routes and he has enough explosiveness after listen, I played Will Disley to zero effect last week. I think even in tournaments, you still want to play Ricky Seals Jones. You know who I wouldn't play Evan Ingram because he fucking sucks. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't want to play Evan Ingram at this ownership either. Like I said, he's, projecting to me as being the the highest owned tight end on the slate which i am i'm not going to touch there it so if we get contrarian here like it's ricky seals jones or bust for me at the bottom maybe dan arnold as a way to get a part of that jags offense because he was used quite a bit uh because they need pass catchers right now he's 2900 that would sort of be the secondary cheap play for me more so than ferkser or conklin i mean braid at 33 i like that too but if you just paid up at receiver this or at tight end this week, no one is paying up at tight end this week because Kelsey's not on the slate. Yeah, no, I am. Waller's so expensive at 7,300 and he's had kind of a couple quiet games. He did have that monster game. I think it was three weeks ago where he had 17 targets or something. But yeah, people don't want to pay up. They, they don't want to pay Kelsey prices for Waller these days. So I think he'll go under owned Kittle though is interesting to me i do think he'll be probably the most popular stack candidate with lance just because he's moderately priced his role's been growing debo's price keeps going up people don't want to play brandon Ayuk. i think kittle could catch some ownership i think the guy that's really going to go overlooked hawk. there the on hawk. the high end is hawk. The, hawk. The, the hawk the hawk yeah let's go yeah. 5500 yeah i can do it 5500 he didn't practice yesterday so i want to see what uh, what is up with him today? But if he's good to go, I think he is another one of the premier tournament plays. All right, the Hawk. Let's lock him in. Fifty-five hundred bucks, and then Ricky Seals Jones at the bottom, along with Cameron Brait, maybe some Tarzan Dan Arnold as the third and fourth periphery plays. But I'll try to get like eighty percent exposure to Hawk and say, actually, I won't say that because I'll probably want to play <laughs> some stacks. Uh, and in stacks, if tight ends make sense for me, I'll just play that tight end instead. But if I'm just going as a one-off tight end, like I could even let's talk about quarterbacks and stacks right now i like that viking stack with cousins even just cousins jefferson like even i i feel like the triple stack is if it works out it's really really good i find out though more often than not it doesn't work out uh and then you're just stuck with an expensive guy who doesn't do anything like sometimes you have to have some nuts and pick one of the two yeah the only reason i would consider it more with cousins is because their games do seem to go like one or two ways. You know, it's either like a Dalvin cook, Alexander Madison game, or they're playing like pants on fire and everyone is getting there. And because KJ Osborne and Conklin 
are pretty cheap. I don't mind tossing in one of them, especially Conklin to just get rid of my tight end position, which is so hard to predict. So I don't mind tossing in, but I do think you it's completely viable to single stack Kirk. All right. Actual quarterbacks. Do you have a preferred stack that you like going to? Cause it seems like we've talked about Lance a little bit. I talked about burrow. Obviously those ones are a bit cheaper. Could you play Kyler Murray by himself? I don't think you should. I don't think you should play Kyler Murray by himself because there's always cheap pass catchers between Rondell, Kirk, and A.J. Green. And the production has been kind of just a revolving carousel where a couple of these guys each week, you know, it's been James Conner soaking up the touchdowns the past two weeks. He has four touchdowns over the past two, but we could easily see things teeter back to a Rondell game or Christian Kirk game. So I like playing Kyler Murray with uh, at least one of those guys. And honestly, I have eyes for DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like People are finally kind of sick of playing him. They don't like his price tag at 7,600. And I think we're kind of due for another uh, DeAndre Hopkins blow up game here. And if that's the case, you get a premier wide receiver for very little ownership coming into the week. And I just worry if he's back at 100% yet, because it does seem like he's limited at the moment. And yeah. that's affecting some of his production. So if you can get him on like the healthy week when everything's at least back to a certain level where he can go full steam then you're just going to be printing bucks, and then you can figure out a way to bring it back a little bit. Do you have any sort of take on the Cleveland Chargers game? Because it feels like there should be a lot of fantasy goodness there, but I, I just can't wrap my mind around because I don't know what to do with Cleveland. With, with the Chargers, it seems pretty easy. You can just play anyone you want, and they're great. I know. Cleveland was such a headache last week because no one knows which of the two running backs to play. They have a three-way committee at tight end, and they have basically no discernible depth chart at wide receiver after Odell Beckham. And then Baker looks really bad. So it's like, what do you do with this team? You know, last week sucked because Odell Beckham became so trendy. I mean, he was like 28% in one of my spy contests, which was absurd based on his expectation. Now he's going to be sub 5%. So I actually think this is a little bit easier. I, to me, this is a mini correlation game. I can't see myself stacking this game up, but if you want to play an Eckler and an Odell or, uh, you know, a Chubb and maybe a Mike Williams who kind of burned people on Monday night football and will go lower owned. I think that's a pretty unique way to play that. Do you have a preferred, or what do you think the most popular one is going to be? Is it going to be Dak with the two Dallas guys and Berkeley coming back? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Dak, I mean, he's going to be the highest owned quarterback. CeeDee Lamb, I think is going to approach 20% ownership. Amari Cooper is going to approach 20% ownership. And then I could see Saquon or Evan Ingram being the popular bring back. Okay. What about, oh boy, this is, this is dirty. You play the goof, Jared Goff with DeAndre yeah. Swift and TJ Hawkinson and then play Jefferson okay. on the way back or Madison. If cook is out, I mean, no one can stop anyone in that game. I don't hate it. Uh, I don't hate it at all because one thing that's different and what's been so frustrating about the Falcons in say comparing, you know, Matt Ryan to Jared Goff is they've been so uninspired with their play calling and they've been content to run the ball so much, even when they're losing the lions have at least been willing to chuck it out. We've seen Jared Goff clear 300 yards passing a good amount of times here. So I don't hate the thesis of that play. The only thing I would say is if I am playing it that way, I wonder if you do play, a Minnesota running back. I mean, it sucks because Dalvin cook is not hundred percent. There's quotes about that, that he wants to keep playing through this injury, but just game script wise, if you're telling yourself, Hey, the Vikings get up early on the ground and keep running. And then it's the lions playing catch up in pass game. 
I, 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 this is the hardest part of the week for me because I think we've identified some pretty good guys at the three position levels as one-off good values. I just, I can't wrap my mind around what I want to do at quarterback. And like, usually when it comes to that, I just play Kyler Murray or I take the cheapest guy possible. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I, I think quarterback isn't going to catch a ton of ownership this week outside of Dak Prescott. I think we'll see a couple guys maybe get steamed. I think Trey Lance will get steamed by the end of the week just because he'll project as such a good value. But if you're wanting to go Kyler or Brady, if you're wanting to take a stab at Jalen Hurts here, uh, I don't think these guys are going to be incredibly popular. So I think it's a nice week to get some stacks you like uh, at not high ownership. Could you go back to Justin Fields now that everyone is on Trey Lance? I think you could. I definitely think you could. He, what I worry about with Fields is just what his ceiling is. I mean, Matt Nagy just seems like he's not putting uh, Fields in a position to succeed, but I, I don't mind. I don't mind the thought. Okay. Defenses. Let's pick a D and let's get out of here. How do you normally go about your defenses? Do you just have a pool of like three of them and see which ones fit at each level? Yeah. Yeah. Basically my thing, similar to the punt wide receivers we were talking about where I don't want to play a popular one. That's how I am with defense. You know, this week, like looking at these Eagles at 2200 are going to be very popular. Washington football team at 2300 is going to be very popular. And I would say the Raiders at 2900 are going to be fairly popular. So if I'm trying to find a, another cheap D that isn't, you know, super popular, uh, I mean, it's gross. Maybe the Texans against Mac Jones. I know that doesn't sound very fun. Uh, I think you could play the Cardinals here as well at 2,900. Sometimes targeting these games where people are afraid that there's going to be a bunch of points scored, but not realizing that that can often lead to a bunch of turnovers is a good thing. I think the Vikings too at 3,000 look pretty decent, but I'm generally just looking for how many points, projected points can I get at sub 10% ownership? The play is the Cowboys at 28 I, I like that call. I like that call. They are getting, they are disrupting what's going on in the backfield right now. I don't, I don't know where it's coming from, but they're doing it. And they're going up against Danny Fums. Like that, that, Daniel Jones will give you eight fantasy points to your defense and just hope he doesn't throw for 400 yards. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like that call a lot. And we were talking about some of the best leverage points. We mentioned it with AJ Brown over Derrick Henry. I mean, if everyone's playing the Dak Prescott double stack, I mean, playing the Cowboys defense, if that game implodes and everyone's on that double stack and you have the defense, that's, that's uh you know, textbook leverage there. Yeah. The only other one I would look for, I was going through, uh, this is a free tool on run the Sims. If you want to go use it, it's the advanced stats hub. It's funny. Cause this is what I use the most on uh, run the Sims and looking stuff up like this. Cause the guys who get hit the most at quarterback really aren't on this slate. Like Wentz gets hit the most. Zach Wilson gets hit the second most, but Roethlisberger and you mentioned Mac Jones, Mac Jones been hit 22 times through four games. I don't know if the Texans have the heat to do that, but we've already seen the Patriots are down two offensive linemen. Oh, that, that feels really bad to think about now that, now that I'm, it's, it's running through my mind. I, can you play the Texans D? I mean, I, I don't mind it. If, if everyone at that same price range is playing the Eagles and Washington football team, uh, I'm going to play the lower owned in that price range if I'm needing to save salary at defense. I think Texans are the play down there. Can I tell you why Washington is a bad play? Because they're going to be popular. Because they're going to be popular. I don't think that the Saints are a good team to play defenses against. Like, you have this notion in your mind, oh, it's Jameis. Jameis barely throws at this point. They just want to run the ball. Yeah. 
No, you're right. I mean, they're not even throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara. He's getting 25 plus touches. The The offense is slow. They're trying to minimize turnover. So yeah, I, I think they feel trappy at that ownership relative to how the Saints play. Herbert gets hit a bunch. Goff gets hit a bunch. Derek Carr, what about, how about either the, yeah, you said the Raiders. What about the Bears defense? Khalil Mack revenge. Yeah, the only thing... I like how the game sets up for them. It's just, it's a little pricey at, at 3,200 relative to kind of what I think their ceiling projection is. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to get lucky with a return touchdown or a sack strip fumble somewhere. So that that's yeah. why, that's why fading the ownership is always the ideal play at defense because that is unpredictable. So you just hope to get lucky. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And we, we mentioned it with the cheap wide receivers, the defensive scoring tight end scoring, it is so unpredictable and reliant on touchdowns to really give you a performance that helps you win a GPP that when the field gets overconfident on something, that's where you get in trouble. And that's why I love looking at the optimal results on run the Sims, because that's literally telling us, this is what the math tells us. And yet the field is going to get overconfident because even here we can look at like Derek Henry today. If you run the Sims here, he is showing up in 16% of optimal lineups, 16 out of hundred times. Derrick Henry is in the best lineup. That's really good. And yet the field is going to play him at a 30% clip. So the field is double the confidence level that the Sims are. And so those are the things I like to look at. And I think people get way too confident in some of these defensive plays when the math doesn't bear it out. And then at defense, you see, it's almost a scatter shot across the board. And like, for example, this might actually be the play Jags D $2,100. Tennessee can't block. We saw that last week. Yep. And uh, again, another kind of nice leverage spot on the Derrick Henry ownership. No one is going to want to play Derrick Henry against the defense he's going against. So if Derrick Henry implodes and Ryan Tannehill throws, you know, a pick six, again, you're really, really cooking with the Jags D there. Yeah. Or the Jags D returns a 109 yard field goal return at the end of the half. And you're like, all right, that's not bad. That counts. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's yep. put. Let's build the shitter lineup, Pete. Where are we starting with the shitter lineup this week? What, what shitter guy? And if again, if you don't remember what this is, it is guy, 15 minutes to lock on Sunday morning. He's pulled out his phone. He's having a shit. And he's filling out a DraftKings lineup in the Millionaire Maker. Who is, where, what's, Dude, what's the first click? Henry? That, that Yes, yes. The shitter guy is automatically putting Derrick Henry. He thinks to himself, there's no way I can fade the big dog here. I don't care how much he costs. This guy just rumbles his way to 200 yards and two touchdowns every game. Which means that you need to save salary. So one of the cheap running backs has to go in to go along with him. Because do you think that shitter guy is necessarily stacking? Uh, I think... I think he might. I think Shitter Guy might stack, but I do. Let's fill out this running back. I feel like Shitter Guy is like, I love uh, Lombardi Lenny. You know, uh, he did everything I needed to see last week in that primetime game. He was a Super Bowl league winner there for the Bucks. Let, let's plug in uh, Leonard and save some money here. Okay, so Henry and Uncle Leo. So that's more popular than the Damian Williams or Samaj AP. Do you think people will go to P. Ryan? Uh, I... I do, but I still think Fournette will be more popular. Okay, because maybe we can always throw in P. Ryan as the flex later if we need the money. So, quarterback. So, I, I don't necessarily think there, think there has to be a bring back with a stack. It's probably a quarterback with a receiver and or tight end uh, and not necessarily a bring back for shitter guy. But like, oh, I want to play Dak and CeeDee Lamb kind of thing. 
I was just, those were going to be the two I said. I think, I think Dak to CD, even though Amari is going to be popular, Shitter guy is just a little spooked by Amari's kind of erratic production, but he's keeping the faith with CD Lamb here and thinks he's way too cheap. All right. And I would, Amari Cooper is dealing with a hamstring problem. Like he's not practicing right now. So maybe we don't see him. That would immediately make Prescott, Lamb, Dalton Schultz the stack of the week that everyone would have if that yes. comes to fruition. So Dak yeah, and uh, Lamb. Go ahead. Dak and Lamb. We have Fournette and uh, Henry. I Let's see. What is, what is Shitter Guy going to do? He's going to like a receiver here in the mid range, right? Who's cheap, I think who, who's the cheap receiver? The cheap receiver that shitter guy is probably going to play. I think he's going to fall in love with, I think Curtis Samuel is going to get a lot of steam by the end of the week. And I think shitter guy is going to hear him on a few podcasts and he's going to love saving all that money with a $3,000 Curtis Samuel. All right. So let's throw in Curtis Samuel into that. I mean, I like that play too. That making Ricky Seals Jones an even better play at that point. If people are using Samuel, they're not using unless they're stacking with Heineke, which they're not. Then maybe Seals Jones just gets overlooked. Hopefully. I I think he I think he might. Um, just because there are so many options, and like you said, people tossing in Schultz Ingram to game stacks there will be popular. Kittle will be popular. RSJ could be slightly sneaky. Okay, so Evan Ingram is obviously the tight end in this lineup at thirty two hundred bucks. Yes, that's his bring back. He loves how it fits. Uh, he knows that the wide receivers are banged up there. He heard that bringing it back is is smart process, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna plug this in. So let's pick a defense then, just to see what we have remaining for a last receiver and a flex play. Who is like the you say the Eagles? You really think a lot of people are playing the Eagles? I I do, but I think Washington will actually be. I think Eagles or Washington is going to be his his play here. Yeah, I, I think that there's the. I, I just think that shitter guy looks at the Eagles and be like, they've given up over forty points in each of the past two games. Probably don't want them as my defense. I'll take Washington instead. So we got Washington. Yes. Al although Patriots are going to be very popular at defense, they're just very expensive. Yeah, I mean forty nine hundred is so rich, but I feel like shitter guy. How much, how much remaining for two positions do we have if we pay up for Patriots? Because that does feel like a shitter guy move. Uh, 5800 bucks. Okay. What do you think? Which Do you think shitter guy does it? Yeah. Because shitter guy doesn't like gross defenses. No, not at all. No, shitter guy wants the 10-point road Patriots again. Listen, I actually think the I, – I did this against – I paid up for Patriots D against Zach Wilson in week two. Anytime Belichick gets a rookie quarterback, it's – almost like an auto play i don't hate it it just sucks to spend 4900 bucks yeah um let's do it i want to shitter guys definitely jamming the patriots i'm convinced all right so patriots damian harris correlation if you want one uh that's not what this yeah. guy is doing obviously but because we have yeah. we have so if we take p ryan for example in the flex gonna have a ton yes. of money can you get up to the Devonte adams i don't think we can get up that high Okay, what if, can you do P. Ryan and DJ Moore? Does that fit? Yes. You can go hop. It, it, the only two we couldn't afford would be Adams and Jefferson. Okay, so yeah, he, DJ Moore coming off an absolute monster game last week, had two touchdowns. He is still underpriced. He's going to be popular. Shitter guy loves getting DJ Moore into this lineup. All right, there's the lineup. Dak Prescott with Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, CeeDee Lamb, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore. 
Evan Ingram at tight end, Samaj P. Ryan at the flex, and Patriots D as the anchor on the back end against Davis Mills. I love this lineup because these are all plays I'm going to own none of, but Shitter Guy is going to dunk in my face on Sunday with it, and I can already tell. Oh, I, absolutely. This I, The Shitter lineup has cashed in the Millie Maker the last three weeks. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cash again. I can feel it. This actually isn't a terrible like cash game lineup. No, it, it 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 is like a a pretty nice cash game lineup. All right, that minus the minus the Patriots D. I don't think the cash game bros will will go up there, but uh, it's gonna work. No, casual cash game guy will love Patriots D. That are like Broncos D. <laughs> there you go. All right, Pete Overzet. You can follow him on Twitter at Pete Overzet. Let the peoples know what you got going on. Yeah, I uh, been doing uh, a bunch of DFS shows. I do, of course, the uh, the Monday morning first look on on your channel. If you guys want to check that out on Tuesdays, and then I do a GPP strategy show on Fridays. I'm having uh, our friend TJ Hernandez on tomorrow, so that'll be good. And then I also do showdown crams. I use the Run the Sims tools. We run the Sims. We look at the uh, best leverage plays and, and ways to get unique. So I'll be doing one of those tonight for the game. So yeah, all kinds of DFS content over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Peter Overzet. You can find that in the description of this video right now. If you just want a quick link instead of trying to figure out how to, I mean, Overzet is actually incredibly easy to spell, but it can sound confusing if you don't see it spelled out directly in front of you. So I'll put the link down there. The link to the listeners league is down there as well, as is the free newsletter, which I would highly recommend that you subscribe to play in, in that listeners league link. Let's get that filled. It's almost filled. And if you miss out, get in on some action Thursday night, MMN NFL is the code to use at prizepicks.com. If you want a free bet of up to $100, deposit $100, you will keep your $100 and have a free bet of $100 to blow on it. I love Tyler Lockett in that game and his over and receiving yards. So we'll see how that works out for us. Just find someone on the other side of the ball that you can play and boom, it's a free bet. What do you care anyway? Code MMN NFL at prizepicks.com. All right. Your cheat sheet will be up on DK Nation on Friday morning. I'll be back on Friday with Cam and Pizzola for the best bets. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you then. Mayo experience. Experience.